Welcome to the Give Your Witness podcast, brought to you by Give Your Witness Ministry, a ministry for the saints, by the saints, and now for your host of the program, Billy Ray Parrish. Welcome and thank you for joining me. I am Billy Ray Parrish, and this is the Give Your Witness podcast for Give Your Witness Ministry, a ministry for the saints, by the saints. Today's message is an important one because too many people find themselves in a difficult position. We are instructed to love one another, and while many people are easy to love, many others are not so easy to love. My preacher preached a message on Sunday morning about getting back to the basics. One idea that he had about basics was love. His message was about love and not to allow our wax to grow cold. As Christians, we do not need to let our love grow as cold as wax or for the fire to burn out because of the things of this world. I get it. It's scary right now, and the closer that we get to the November presidential election, the worse things will get. The worse they will grow, worse and worse and worse. We are seeing what scripture identifies as people calling good bad and bad good. Isaiah 5 and 20 reads, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. We are seeing many medical doctors and so-called medical experts Explain to the American people that Christians should not congregate together for church services and that children should not attend school in the fall. But they are okay with a large group of people gathering together to loot, write, and steal whatever they desire. Call me out of touch with reality, but this does not seem right. Take a man like Dr. Anthony Fauci, for example. The man is against a regular citizen going to a baseball game or to a concert, but he is not against the idea of a man like himself going to a baseball game or throwing out the first pitch or sitting in the stands watching the game while not social distancing. I don't know about the rest of you, but this makes me a bit nauseous because this is another example of do as I say, not as I do. I don't know about you, but I would love to go to a baseball game or even a minor league one. But because of men like Anthony Fauci, the season was canceled. There are church members where I attend church who are afraid to go outside, so they do not. They're afraid of the virus, so they do not go to the grocery store or to church. This is a very dangerous precedent that is being set because if we fall in line behind all things that these evil individuals are calling for, then it will not be long before all of our freedoms are stripped away. Things like this literally make my skin crawl. Not necessarily because Christian people fall in line to whatever they are told, which is a very sad sight to see, but the do as I say, not as I do mentality. Actions like this do have a way of making the brightest flame burn a bit dimmer and for the fire to turn into wax. Matthew 24 and 12 reads, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And iniquity is an immoral behavior, and hypocrisy is a very immoral and unfair behavior. Matthew 7 and 15 reads, 
Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Many of those in Washington, D.C., handing down orders for the little people, but then denying their own orders are wolves in sheep clothing. But you do not have to look just in Washington, D.C. to find such creasers or false prophets. Sadly, there are many within the church congregation that fit this mold. I'm not talking about direct sin as we all fall short of God's glory. The only thing that separates us from anyone else is that we have Christ and sin is bad. We miss the target when we sin, and I am not justifying sin in any way. However, for this program, I do want to discuss how seeing the actions of others can make our flame blow out or grow wax cold. In terms of bias, trust me on this, I was as guilty as anyone else at one time. I remember my first presidential election in which I voted 2004. I voted for President George W. Bush and was a proud supporter of his re-election. I was a staunch supporter of the president and believed in many of his policies, including pro-life, pro-gun, and pro-God. However, looking back now, I can see that he was not as he claimed. He was a supporter of globalism and big government, but I allowed my bias to conceal these things from me. At the time, I did not realize that globalism would usher in the new world order. President Bush's support of God, as he deemed it, was a cover-up for something much more destructive in nature, and his administration continued the efforts of his predecessor, President Bill Clinton, and laid the foundation for his successor, President Barack Obama. Now that I know what I know about President Bush, I am not a proud supporter of my vote, nor am I a proud supporter of my vote for Senators John McCain and Mitt Romney. These three men turned out not to stand for what they claimed. This is hypocrisy, but I was adamant that at one time, each of these men were the best in their position and that they were best suited for the White House. How wrong I was. I am not going to discuss much more about these men and why I feel the way I feel. As much has come out about each of them, but what we have learned, it's hard to stay positive in a world that is filled with such evil. However, with that said, Christ instructs us to love one another and to go forward and spread his word. Matthew 28 and 19 instructs us to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. John 13 and 34 reads, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. It is pretty clear what Jesus wants us to do, but this is not always easy. This is not easy to do with many people because we are all different and there are things that bother us about people. But it's especially difficult to do when people are telling you how bad of a person you are without them even knowing you, questioning what type of partner you are to your significant other because of what you believe politically, cursing at you and trying to take away credit due to your age. And this is what happened in the midst of the conversation that I was speaking about earlier. 
When I heard my pastor's sermon, though, I had to ask myself whether I was trying to get these individuals to see that I was right to suit my pride, or if I wanted them to see that as Christians they were wrong to hold such positions. A few years ago, the answer to this question was easy. It was about me being right, but I can honestly say now that I have gotten to the point that I do not care what others think of what I believe, but I do want people to realize that there is something more to this life. There is Christ, and He has a better way. His way, His plan, is all that matters, and nothing comes before His Word. If we inform others about Christ and what He has to say, but they do not accept us, then we are told to move on. Matthew 10 and 14 reads, And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. When I hear a Christian defend a man or woman who is known for bad behavior according to God's word, then I have to wonder where their hearts lie. Granted, no person will ever be perfect, but God says to test each spirit. As a Christian, I must do my best to have my beliefs line up with God's word, and that includes who I vote for. When someone tells me they are a Christian, they want to vote for a candidate, who is for abortion or homosexual marriage or would make a pastor perform a homosexual wedding, then I see them very much the same as Titus 1 and 16. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. As mentioned earlier, Dr. Fauci has made different recommendations about people not gathering together for large gatherings. He has been hypocritical in his recommendations as only certain types of gatherings are banned. Well, most in fact, but only certain types are acceptable. Former President Obama gave a speech at John Lewis's funeral telling those on hand that the United States needs mail-in voting this November because we do not need a large gathering of people but yet, he was giving a speech to a large gathering of people. This, to me, makes no sense whatsoever. But maybe God has already turned the former president over to a reprobate mind as his works deny God. His works clearly reveal a scheme to take away the presidency from President Trump this November. Things like this truly make me cautious of people. I am uncertain of who to trust most times as actions do truly speak louder than words. I've got family members who lie to me to get whatever they want, even over small things. A few bucks here, a few bucks there, well, they add up. Maybe they had the intention to pay back, but the intentions never truly made it around to actually doing so. One thing that my preacher pointed out is that we are all difficult to love. Maybe it's impossible to love us. You look around and see so much of what people do, and you ask yourself, how did Jesus Christ love all people? Why did he come to earth to die for each of us, knowing what he knows? He was most certainly more than just a regular man, but a regular man he was indeed. This is who we strive to be like, and as Christians, we must strive to love each person. 
but it's hard to do so at times. The individuals that take the lives of other innocent people for any reason or those who live their lives simply for whatever they can get or the liars or backstabbers or those who cause havoc wherever they go on and on are truly hard to love. 1 John 4 and 11 reads, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. 1 John 4, 20-21 paints an interesting picture, asking as well as telling us, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? In this commandment, have we from him that he who loveth God love his brother also? Take it from me, all these people that were saying these things about me and to me, I can read what they're saying and see many of them, but their words and actions made it difficult for me to love them. I'm sure some of the things that I said to them made me hard to love, but if we do not love one another in this situation, or if other people hate others for any other reason, how can we claim that we love God who is visible? Leviticus 19 and 18 explains, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. We read different times in scripture of those who get revenge for something that is done to them or unto others they love. Or we read in Hamlet about avenging for the death of the father. Unfortunately, this is just what many people do. 1 John 3.18 My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. 1 John 4.18 there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. In 1 John 4.19, we love him because he first loved us. God first loved us, so we have the opportunity to love one another and to spread great cheer and joy. Romans 13 and 10 tells us, Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Matthew 22, 36-40 reads, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Today's message is not a political one. In anything and everything that we do, we must do our best to illustrate that God is with us. In other words, we must live by example. We should live in such a way that a non-believer wants to be like us. One of my favorite men of history, Thomas Stonewall Jackson, was known as a perfect illustrator of this. He was a strong Christian man of great values. He was a great general and served two years in the Confederate Army until he was killed in action by friendly fire. Before his death, he was winning battles against much bigger and stronger armies, men-wise anyway. 
But his armies were victorious, and he was seen after the battles, giving thanks to God. Richard Ewell was Jackson's second-in-command, who was an agnostic at best, saw this and said, If that's religion, then I've got to have it. 1 Peter 2 and 12 reads, Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. The New International Version reads like this, Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Matthew 5 and 16 tells us to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Romans 13 and 13 reads, Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. Philippians 4 and 9 explains that those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 reads, Be ye therefore followers of God, as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God, for a sweet-smelling savor. Charles Spurgeon once gave a sermon based around John 14, 19, which reads, Because I live, ye shall live also. Spurgeon writes, Including, This world saw our Lord Jesus for a very little time, but now it seeth him no more. It only saw him with the outward eye, and after a carnal sort, so that when the clouds received him and concealed him, from bodily vision, this spiritually blind world lost sight of him altogether. Here and there, however, among the crowds of the sightless, there were a few chosen men who had received spiritual sight. Christ had been light to them. He had opened their blind eyes. And they had seen him as the world had not seen him. In a high and full sense, they could say, We have seen the Lord. For they had in some degree perceived his Godhead, discerned his mission, and learned his spiritual presence of its object. Those persons who had seen Jesus spiritually saw him after he had gone out of the world unto the Father. We who have the same sight still see him. Read carefully the words of the verse before us. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me. It is a distinguishing mark of a true follower of Jesus that he sees his Lord and Master when he is not to be seen by the bodily eye. He sees him intelligently and spiritually. He knows his Lord, discerns his character, apprehends him by faith, gazes upon him with admiration as our first sight of Christ brought us into spiritual life. For we looked unto him and were saved, so it is by the continuance of this spiritual sight of Christ that our spiritual life is consciously maintained. Unfortunately, we have come to the end of our message. I do thank each and every one of you for joining me. This has been another good word from the Lord. 
I am Billy Ray Parrish for the Give Your Witness podcast, presented by Give Your Witness Ministry, a ministry for the saints, by the saints. Remember, do not let the evils of this world blow out your fire or let your wax grow cold. Stay in the love of Christ and live by example. Before we go, though, I do want to ask you to please follow and like us on social media. Subscribe and share our content. Help us spread the word of God unto the ends of the earth. Check myself out on social media as well on nearly all platforms. Check out my YouTube page at Billy Ray Parish. Until next time, friends, thank you again.